I'm Ruma Tenbrink, and welcome to the Children's Bedtime Stories podcast for adults. I am so excited to be reading to you my first book this evening. I really hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you fall asleep in a beautiful slumber and take you to a faraway land. Thank you so, so much for listening. World-renowned musician, environmentalist, and humanitarian Dave Matthews, in collaboration with popular children's book author Cleet Barrett-Smith, has conjured an exciting and poignant fantasy about a girl who must confront her past mistakes before she can save her peaceful forest community from a gigantic threat. I am honored to read to you, If We Were Giants, Little Voices Can Have a Huge Impact. Let joy begin as we read Part 2, The Tree Folk. Chapter 16 She wasn't touching the ground. Her body bounced along. At first, she thought she might be floating, but then understood that this boy was carrying her. A canopy of branches rushed by overhead. He stopped at a tree, a particular tree, the same tree as before. Again, he craned his neck to look skyward and called to his parents for help just as he had done the first time. Kira was sitting on the floor, slumped against the wall for support. She could see the interior of the hut, but it was like she was viewing it at the end of a tunnel. She also couldn't tell if it was a picture from her memory or if she was really looking at it right now. It seemed like her eyes might be open, but it was hard to tell. She couldn't move her head to look around or at least she didn't want to. It felt like too monumental a task to undertake. She could hear voices. They might have been inside the hut, but they were muffled, so maybe they were outside? Investigating this seemed much too difficult, and it didn't really matter anyway. Loba. Like she's here, but not really here? She's acting like she did when she first arrived. What was that? Four years ago now? Maham. Oh, the poor thing. What happened? Loba. She's never told us what happened before. What makes you think this time will be any different? Maham. I was talking to Luan. Loba. Well, good, because it's no use talking to her. The first time, it took her weeks to snap out of this. Months, maybe. Maham. And since then, she has become our daughter. She's a hard worker and a good girl. Kira has earned her place in this home, and you know it. Loba. A pause. She has. I freely admit that. But what if it takes her weeks to get well again? Who will tend to her this time? Luan is older now with responsibilities of his own, and much has to be done before. 
Maham, it will take as long as it takes, and we will all tend to her, and that is that. Now, Luan, tell us what happened, all of it. Luan, I already told you, we were just tree walking near the ground to meet up with some of my friends, and we saw a group of hunters. Maham, why would a group of hunters make her react like this? Luan, they must have been from someplace far away because... Hunters? The word caused Kira to jolt upright. The back of her head hit the wall, the tunnel disappeared, and the entire hut rushed to fill her field of vision, the light much too bright. And there was the family huddled together and staring at her. Kira? Luan bent down, looked into her eyes. Are you feeling okay? Hunters, no. She shook her head fiercely. Not normal hunters. Takers. Maham dropped to one knee and rested a warm hand on Kira's shoulder. It's okay to be spooked. I understand that seeing people from distant lands can be unsettling. She rubbed Kira's arms reassuringly. But it's okay. This happens occasionally. We're completely hidden up here. All will be well. Yeah, Luan said. I tried to tell you. They're probably only on this side because the river is so low. After the rainy season comes, they'll stay on their side and not come back. You'll see. Kira opened her mouth to protest, but Loba stepped forward and spoke first. Were you by the river then, taking her down there in defiance of my orders to jump on your foolish raft? No, father, I swear. We were just tree-walking, playing around. Loba turned his gaze to Kira. Is this true? Yes, but... She shook her head. The raft didn't matter. Loba was focusing on the wrong thing. These hunters, takers will not stay away, will not stay on their side. They don't have sides. They think everything is their side, she rushed on, felt like she couldn't get the words out fast enough. When they see what's here, they will come back. They'll take everything until it's all gone. They'll take you, us, everyone, everything. Wait, Lope gave her an intense look. This is the way you talked when we first met you. Does this? He glanced at Maham and Luan before turning back to her. He lowered his voice. Does this have anything to do with before? Before you came here? Kira's eyes roved their curious faces. These people who had saved her life, cared for her, taken her into their family. It had been incredibly gracious of them, but what would they have done if they had known the truth then? What would they do with her if they found out now? How could she possibly tell them she was responsible for destroying an entire community, that she was the reason everyone she had ever known and loved was? The answer was easy. She couldn't tell them. She would never tell anybody. But what would have happened if the takers had seen her again this time, followed her back to this tree? As Kira watched their faces so familiar now and so kind, 
she had a vision. This hut, these people, this tree, this entire forest, going up in flames as the black smoke choked her, and she realized it was all her fault. The darkness took her again. Someone had put her in the hammock. The next several days, or was it weeks, passed by in a haze as she lay there. Intense memories rose up, one after the other, so many of them that her mind would black out to prevent a fatal overload. But ultimately, that was no help, at all, because in the darkness of sleep, the dreams would come, visions of what must have taken place in the volcano, and then her body would jolt awake to save her from the horror of the dreams. And so the cycle continued. It was impossible to say which was worse, waking or dreaming, and most of the time she couldn't figure out which was which. Interspersed with this unyielding terror were blips of relief. She was barely aware of what was happening, but she tried to hold on to these moments. Luan bringing her a cup of water and helping her sip. Maham lying in the next hammock and pressing a cool strip of cloth to her forehead. Loba trying to entice her with a freshly grilled strip of crocodile meat. These acts of compassion saved her from being completely sucked into the black storm raging inside her mind. One morning, Kira opened her eyes to birdsong and a breeze rustling the leaves. She was mentally and emotionally exhausted. But the flood of memories had slowed to a trickle. The rest of them were still lurking. She was quite certain, ready to overflow and engulf her at any time. But at least for this moment, her mind was mostly clear, functional anyway. Kira took the opportunity to think about what she should do next. She could brush off Loba's questions, pretend everything was fine, agree with the family that this was just a random group of hunters and they would wander back to their own land soon, never to be heard from again. But she knew she would never do this. For one thing, this family had been much too good to her, and for another thing, lying and pretending were not going to keep the takers from coming back. Another option was confessing everything, of course. That was also not something she'd be able to do. After losing one family, could she really look another family in their eyes and watch their faces as tolerance toward her turned to doubt and anger and revulsion and hate? She did not think she could survive that. When the true answer came to her, it was so simple. She was honestly shocked that it had taken so long. She must leave. Now and never come back. The fall of Zidu had been her fault, entirely, but it was everyone else in her native community who had suffered, and what had happened to her? She was living comfortably with nice people, safely hidden in the trees, with plenty to eat. She didn't deserve this. Some part of her had always known this, and the gods would not allow it. That was why the takers had shown up. It was her inescapable punishment coming to find her at last. If she left, the tree folk would be spared. 
she would have made the ultimate sacrifice at the taker's camp that night, presented herself to Red Streak and his troops, and accepted the outcome as a consequence of sneaking outside without her father. If she'd only had the courage to do that back then, Zidu would still be a happy and thriving community today. But instead, she had run, taken the easy way out, and ended up leading the takers right to Zidu's doorstep. So now it was time for her to accept the fate she had rightfully earned, exile herself from her second home, and keep the tree folk safe. Kira listened carefully for any sounds coming from the hut above. All was silent. The family must be out and about their business in the forest. Perfect. She pulled herself out of her hammock and made her way to the platform above. It would take a minute to pack her few possessions and then she could leave this place forever.